The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. A lot of times we, we kind of like to be our own weather people, don't we? We like to tell, uh, I don't know if there's a subject that people talk more about. Uh, you know, you kind of, it's kind of the given thing that when you come together, you speak about the weather. Uh, I don't know how many times today I, I walked up to somebody or talked to somebody, even a stranger, and the connection, the ice-breaking point was, oh, what beautiful weather we're having. Uh, uh, and, you know, isn't it interesting how that kind of is our culture and what we do? Uh, we, we are very, uh, if you would, observant uh, towards the weather. It's kind of stating the obvious. It's a beautiful day, and so we state that it's a beautiful day, but it's kind of in our culture just to kind of do that, uh, to break the ice, to state, if you would, what's going on. And then usually when you say that, I had people today say to me, uh, boy, I, I wish it would be 10 degrees warmer. I wish it'd be about, I could use about 10 more degrees, if you would. And, and uh, I'm, I'm saying, boy, when it's 90, we'll be, we'll be asking for this weather again, you know? And uh, so sometimes we just kind of talk about that. And, and it's kind of just, you know, loose talk. It's kind of uh, not really uh, having any depth to it. It's, it's just kind of stuff that we do. And uh, boy, we do it all the time. We talk about it. It's amazing how concerned we are with the weather, isn't it? I, I mean, it's kind of like uh, we, we live in the Northeast and we have four seasons and we know that in the winter it's going to be cold. We understand in the fall it's going to be cool. Uh, we know in the spring it's going to tend to warm up uh, and uh, we like it in the summer. We know it's going to be hot. We understand it's not a news flash in the summer that it's hot. It's not a news flash in the winter that it's cold, uh, but boy, we talk about, I can't tell you how many people today told me uh, today about the temperature, and whether it's cold or whether it's hot, or whether it's, and, and it's just something we talk about all the time. We're very discerning uh, about weather, aren't we? And uh, so we have our opinions about things. Isn't it amazing how much flack weathermen get when they, when they are telling us, they give us an improper, if you would, uh, forecast? Uh, we look at them as more like fortune tellers, and, 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 and like fairy people, you know, uh, superhuman people that can tell us exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. And uh, we, we understand that even with all the science and technology, boy, those guys, sometimes they get it wrong, right? Even your favorite one. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we have them on our phones. We look at the apps. We, we check online. We're constantly researching the weather. And, boy, sometimes it can, it can literally control our lives. We, we look at sometimes, you know, uh, oh, it's, it's, you know it's, it's, weather can keep people from church. It can keep people from activity. It can keep people from doing things that we should. And it's amazing how sometimes people really focus on things like rain and heat, like these Jewish people did and could discern that, but they were not discerning about the times they lived in. They were not discerning about what was going on around them. They were so discerned about all these other things, and Jesus speaks to that. He says, verse 56, he calls them hypocrites. He says, ye can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? He wasn't saying that they could not discern the time. He was saying they were refusing to discern the time. He was saying they were, they were being blinded, purposely blinded uh, towards that time. Their rejection of Christ had blinded them towards what was going on around them. Literally, God was with us, Emmanuel, right? Literally, Jesus Christ, the Messiah had come. He was right in front of them, and they couldn't see him for the weather. 
They, they couldn't see him for what was going on in their circumstances. Come on, Christian, tonight, how many times are we not discerned towards the times that we live in, towards what's going on around us, uh, because we're too distracted by other things? We're not discerning uh, the things that are around us because we're not really paying attention spiritually. And so much, uh, uh, it's amazing how, how much attention span we have towards personal things and how little our attention span can be sometimes to the things of God. Uh, how, how little we pay attention to the most important things that God speaks to us in His Word. And when it comes to, number one, discernment tonight, uh, discernment will keep us from being spiritually blind if we're discerning. And discernment is important in the Christian life. In 1 John chapter number 4, uh, uh, John says this, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world, hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, where you've heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. I wonder tonight, are we aware of what is in the world that Jesus Christ, uh, that the Lord reveals to us, is in the world today. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world. That's what he's told us. He said we need to be discerning uh, when it comes to prophets. When it comes to listening to what people say, if you would, when it comes to people who are proclaiming, uh, as it were, what they're saying is truth and prophecy and what is coming, he's saying, hey, listen, when it comes to prophets... When it comes to people that are, are, are preaching and teaching, you need to be aware of whether or not they're of God or not. There's a lot of people that are preaching, and, and, and boy, uh, you could have stayed home tonight and flipped through the channels, I'm sure, and found somebody uh, that was preaching, if you would, the Bible. And uh, some of them, by the way, I'm not condemning them all, some of them do preach the Bible, and some of them don't preach the Bible. And how do I know whether someone is truly a messenger, someone who is, if you would, someone who's speaking the truth. We know that by what they say about Jesus Christ. How they speak of Christ is really utterly important, isn't it? If they're not saying that Jesus Christ is who he is, if he's not God uh, in, in their message, if he's not God in their gospel, then they're not true prophets. They're not true, if you would, uh, if, they, if they have something in place of, listen, a lot of people talk about God, they talk about Jesus Christ as being God, but they replace, if you would, Jesus, uh, and they've done so with prosperity, they've done so with success, they've done so with happy times and good times and, and positive spirits and energies that they call, you know, you need to just have this and have that, and they talk about everything but Jesus, Everything but Jesus, and, and it's amazing how you could, you could drive by, there was a, uh, just when we were in the city, uh, we were on the avenue there for a little while, and there was, uh, there was a, a, a place up the road from us, and our pastor used to always say, I'm waiting for the day that on their sign, they say anything about God's word, God, or the Bible, or Jesus Christ. He said, because all I see is yoga hours and, and spiritual uh, uh, messages and all kinds of little, little pithy sayings and proverbs, no mention of God, no mention of the Bible, no mention of Jesus, uh, just all these other things, philosophies, if you would. And we have some people that are preachers of philosophy, but they're not preachers of truth. And the Bible says we need to be able to be discerning about false prophets. The second thing we need to be discerning about is, is uh, when it comes to uh, power. Uh, not only prophets, but power. 
The Bible says, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God. Not everyone who says they're of God is of God. Uh, Not everyone who says they're using the power of God to do what they're doing is of God. And how do we know whether something is of God or not? Well, uh, one of the tests is, of course, what they say about Jesus Christ. Another test is what does the spirit that they are, if you would, using or the spirit that they're exemplifying in their life, what does it accomplish? Because God's spirit is a restorative spirit. God's spirit is a positive, if you would, helpful, uh, good, uh, uh, something that, listen, when it, when it comes to the things of God, what sort of things are good, what sort of things are uh, just, what sort of things are true, uh, what sort of things are pure, what sort of things are lovely, what sort of things are good report. These are the things we're supposed to think on. And some uh, talk about, listen, they're coming and say, well, I believe God's spirit wants me to do this and God's spirit wants me to do that. But it's against, contrary to Scripture, And it's not restorative in nature. It's more about man than it is about God. And we need to be discerning when it comes to uh, what we hear, what we listen to, and when it comes to uh, the power that is in this world. Don't we understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood tonight, but against principalities and what? And powers and spiritual wickedness and high places. And sometimes people are not discerning about what power they're tapping into. What power they're using, you know, sometimes people like to feel good things of the New Age movement and all the uh, kind of, uh, uh, if you would, uh, earth power and, and all the things that are in this planet that we try to pull from. Listen, that's a power that's not of God. Uh, that's, that's a power that actually God's word warns against. People that are serving creatures rather than the creator. People that are putting, if you would, God's creation on the level of where we pull our power and our strength from. Power doesn't come from the planet. Power doesn't come from the rocks and the trees and the rivers, although we do use these things and steward these things in the world. But God's power comes from God. It comes from God's Spirit. And God tells us where to be full of His Spirit. We need to have discernment when it comes to prophets, discernment when it comes to power. How about this? Discernment when it comes to plans. When it comes to plans. Ephesians 5.17 says this, Wherefore be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the Lord is. It's interesting how many Christians treat God's will like it is some kind of mysterious, unfathomable, untouchable, unknowable thing. God in his word says so many times, this is the will of God. You know, uh, what I used to think is that God was somehow going to reveal the will of God for my life. You with me tonight? Because some people are sitting around talking about the will of God, when they should be doing the will of God. And uh, we understand that when we look at the word of God, hey, listen, this whole mysterious thing like uh, uh, preachers or shaman that can tell you what God's will is and that you're not able to discern that for yourself unless some pastor tells you this is the will of God for your life. It's sad sometimes. We know that God uses authority. God uses pastors. God uses teachers for the perfecting those saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. But I'm not some shaman tonight, and pastors are not prophetic in nature where I'm going to give some extra biblical word of the Lord to you to tell you what you need to do with your life. I'll tell you what we all need to do with our lives. We need to obey God's word. We need to get in God's word and study God's word and know God's word and do what God's word says. And how about this? Following Jesus Christ, doing what Jesus did, responding the way Jesus responded. When it comes to life, hey, listen, if we would busy our lives doing that, we wouldn't be worried about all this cloudy, mysterious stuff. 
If I would just focus on uh, allowing the Lord to make me who he wants me to be, God's going to work out the where, the why, the how, uh, all those things that we kind of busy ourselves trying to focus on and say, I need to know this and I need to know all the details. Sometimes we just don't trust God, do we? We want God to spell it out for us. And God's saying that's not how life works. Life doesn't work like that. When it comes to the will of God, when it comes to our plans, the way we approach things that we do is, God, is this contrary to your word? Not, God, give me a feeling of peace about what I'm about to do. God, is this contrary? Listen, great peace have they that love thy law. People that love the word of God and are obedient to the word of God have peace about what they do. Because when they do things, they do things according to scripture. And when I do things according to Scripture, get this, we have great peace. If you're looking at peace as some kind of feeling that's going to overwhelm you because you did something or you did something that you wanted and God put his stamp of approval on it, hey, listen, we need to stop asking God to approve of our works and start doing what God is blessing. God has already uh, promised to bless uh, things in his word if we would do them. Hey, listen, let's just get busy doing that. Sometimes it's amazing how people get so uh, frazzled I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then you get down to the basics and say, how is, it, how is your time with God? You spending time with God and his word? Well, no. Well, did we forget thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path? How's your prayer time? Uh, how's, your, how's your time with the Lord? Are you, are you spending regular time talking, communing with your creator? Does God talk to us? Yes. Is it some kind of strange voice that we hear. Hey, listen, if that's what's happening to you, stop eating pizza late at night. I I mean, if you thought, you know, God's going to come to me in some kind of dream, listen, I never discount the supernatural because our God's a supernatural God. So I'm not saying that God can't use thoughts, experiences, directions, circumstances in your life to help guide you. But if you're waiting for some dream to tell you what to do, you miss the boat. We don't have to look beyond the Word of God. We need to look in the Word of God and do what the Word of God says. Discernment when it comes to prophets, when it comes to power, when it comes to plans, isn't amazing how we can be so discerning about things like the weather and so blind about the things that the Bible clearly tells us are true. The Pharisees during that time were blind about who Jesus was. They said, He's a master, He's a teacher. He's a, some kind of prophet reincarnated. He is some kind of thing, some kind, anything but who he said he was. Anything but who he really was. The word was made flesh and dwelt among them. And they missed the word for the weather. They missed the word for all the things that were around them. Hey, listen, Christians, we can miss the word for the weather too. We, we can miss the word for our works. We can miss the word for all the things around you. With me tonight, how many times have we been distracted from the word because our minds were on something other than the word? Hey, listen, what does God say a blessed man meditates on day and night? The word of God. The blessed man meditates day and night on God's word. Hey, listen, you want to have peace tonight? Meditate day and night on the word of God. You know, our peace, uh, great peace, do we have when what? When our minds are stayed on him, fixed on him. 
the rock of Jesus Christ and, and the witness of his word. Hey, they, they give us peace. They give us security. They give us what we need. Uh, not only does he speak to them in the area of discernment, but number two, and lastly tonight, uh, they speak to him on the area of diligence. Jesus speaks to them. Notice verse 58. Jesus talked about the weather, and then he talks about a lawsuit. He talks about another circumstance here, and he says, he says to them, verse 58, When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou art in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him. Lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. And listen, if we know that the police are going to show up on our doorstep because of something that we did to somebody else, and unless we got that thing corrected, unless we got that thing settled, the possibility is that we would be dragged into courts and possibly to prison because we did not handle with great care and diligence uh, what we needed to handle. I think tonight, if we knew that was happening, it's amazing how quickly people become diligent when the police show up. They become very diligent. Things that they did not ordinarily pay attention to, all of a sudden they are very in tune to. Uh, when, when, uh, when someone who is, if you would, uh, uh, doing wrong, when the person that is the judge over what they're doing, when, when they're not aware of, hey, listen, some people become very upstanding citizens when they get called into the court of law. All of a sudden, all their ducks in a row. Everything is in order. Uh, Everything is taken care of. Hey, listen, wouldn't it be a shame if we knew that was coming, if we knew there was, uh, if you would, a a, a day that we needed to appear or stand in court, and we knew that was coming, and we knew that we needed to get some things in order, we knew that we needed to take take care of some things, but we were not diligent about doing it. We were kind of careless. We were kind of just lax. And uh, slack about what we needed to do. We were not uh, we were not diligent, but we were slothful. This is what Jesus is speaking to these Pharisees about. He's saying, "Hey, listen, the judge is going to show up. He's coming. You need to get your affairs in order. You you need to do your due diligence. You need to make sure that you're right, that you've taken care, that you've handled these things." Because when you stand before the judge, you need to have the right answer. When you stand before the judge, you need to be diligent. Hey, listen, diligent concerning our debt. Listen, when it comes to your indebtedness before God, hey, listen, in Luke 12 and verse 20, Jesus was talking about that careless man, uh, that foolish man, uh, that covetous man. And he said, God said to him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee, then whose uh, th- uh, shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself, it is not rich toward God. Some people have an eternal debt that has not been paid, and they are not diligent about that debt. Listen, God came to help us to understand, through the law it was revealed to us that we were indebted to God. That we had a debt that we could not pay, that we owed something that we would never be able to satisfy, that we would never be able to pay for. Are you with me tonight? Because that's where we sat. If, if you're not a child of God tonight, you're indebted to God. There's a debt on your life. And if you don't pay that debt before the judge appears, you're in trouble. You're going to be cast into what the Bible says, outer darkness. 
You say it's Sunday night, and, and of course everybody here is saved. Listen, don't get me wrong. Many people, many Christians uh, that always go to church have gotten saved in Sunday evening services just like this because they were trusting in the wrong things and they were not really handling their debt. Listen, if the debt's not paid in full, it's not paid at all. You with me tonight? Because some Christians are talking about their salvation like the debt's not yet paid in full. Listen, if Jesus paid it, he paid it all. If Jesus paid your debt, it's paid in full. When it comes to your debt tonight, is your debt paid? Some people say, uh, when I get to the end of my life, I'm going to make my peace with God. Are you with me? You hear people say that, don't you? I'm going to make my peace. I'm going to make sure that my, if you would, my debt to, uh, uh, to, to, uh, uh, to my, my works, my good works to my bad works ratio is balanced. So that I make sure that when I get into heaven, there's a, there's a balance that's there. Here, listen, our sin is so heavy, it doesn't matter how much good we pile on the other side of the scale, we will never tip the scale in our direction. It's impossible. And I don't care whether a young person or an adult tonight, if you have not got your debt settled because Jesus Christ has paid that debt, hey, now is the time of salvation. Now is the time. You say, why are you being so so sober-minded about it? Because Jesus is telling us, hey, listen, you need to be diligent, sober, not slothful about this thing. Some people are very careful about their debt here on the earth, but they never take care about their debt in the time to come. Don't get me wrong, Christian, we're supposed to be diligent about our debts here, but we should have our debts settled in heaven. And we should be diligent, and we should not be more diligent about our financial portfolio, portfolio than we are about our standing with God. And uh, God wants us to be diligent concerning that debt. Notice uh, Romans chapter 4 and verse 2, uh, the Bible says, If Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the Scripture? Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now to him that worketh is the reward not reckoned of grace, but of debt. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. It's amazing what God says. If any of us tonight think that we're righteous tonight because we did anything to earn it, then what we have tonight before God is just debt. But if we've come to God believing not of works, not doing, not earning, not of ourselves, believing it's the gift of God by grace through faith, hey, listen, we don't have debt. We've been clothed in His righteousness. And our debt's been canceled. It is gone. You with me tonight? Isn't it feel good to be debt-free? Hey, listen, being spiritually debt-free is the most important thing a person can be. I, I, I like to be uh, uh, debt-free financially. But I, I, and there's great freedom in being debt-free financially. But the truth is, some of you say, I have no idea what that feels like. But, you know, but uh, being debt-free financially, I used to, uh, somebody used to say, uh, uh, you don't have any debt if you can make your payments every month. No, you still have debt. So don't make your payment one month and see if you have debt. You, know? uh, you, you have debt. Uh, just because you're making your payments uh, you, doesn't mean you're not in debt. But the truth is tonight, we have no payments to make to him because Jesus already made the payments. We're not sending ahead payments. We're laying, uh, we're laying ahead treasure. We're, we're laying aside treasure. 
We're not making payments to God. We're actually putting our wealth where we should. We're putting it in trust, in a place where moth and dust don't don't corrupt, where thieves don't break in and steal. We're putting our treasure in the safest place, the bank of heaven. And nobody can take that away from us. It's the most important thing a Christian can do. Diligence concerning our debt. Number two, diligence concerning our duty. Our duty. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 9 says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. And then he says this in verse 11. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Hey, listen, when it, comes, uh, when it comes to Jesus Christ and the fact that we've been saved and our debt's been canceled, do we have a duty? Do we have a duty? Have we co- been called commissioned, been given a duty to do? So God says, you're my kids. You're my children. So now because you're my children, I have authority over you. And so as your father... I, I want to give you responsibility, right? Doesn't, don't good parents teach their children responsibility? And so what he's saying is, hey, listen, I'm giving you responsibility. Understand that this is mine. I'm giving you this responsibility. I'm looking over you. I'm your father. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to enable you, but I expect you to do as I say because I'm your father. Some people confuse uh, positional grace, if you would, or positional standing with God uh, with, and, and they confuse progressive sanctification with positional standing. Hey, listen, there's nothing that can change my positional standing before God as a child of God. Not my works, not any of it. But when it comes to progressively growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, when I grow up and mature as a Christian, you know what I embrace? Duty. I embrace that I have a job. I embrace that I have a responsibility, and I'm supposed to do it with diligence, and so are you. Come on, are you with me tonight? With diligence, we do our duty. Not slothful in business. And listen, when it comes to uh, God, listen, listen, it'd be, it'd be so easy tonight to statistically uh, take a poll and a survey of the people that attend uh, church and say, you know, what do you want? What do you think uh, we should do? Can, can we uh, be a little lax here? Can we just have some more downtime? Can we be a little bit more lazy? I'm, I'm telling you tonight, God's people don't need to be any more lazy than they already are. We're lazy enough. We're lazy enough when it comes to the things of God. Hey, listen, we get all excited and we move and, and we're, we, we get really excited about the things that we want to do, but sometimes, come on, we can be like the child that got the chores. We're like, ah, you know, maybe there's some other things that I can do before I actually do what I'm called to do. If we're not careful as Christians, we'll replace what we've been called to do with what we feel like doing. We'll say, I'm too busy because I'm doing this and I'm doing that. Hey, God, I'm doing all this stuff. You ever see that happen? Uh, you ever give your, none of you kids in here when your parents uh, tell you to do chores, you don't ever get distracted, right, and start to do something else other than what you were told to do? And it's not that you're sitting down doing nothing. You're doing something. And a lot of times that's what happens. Say, hey, did you do the job? No, no, I was doing this. Well, I didn't tell you to do that. And sometimes that's what we do with God. God says, this is what I want you to do, and this is why I left you here. And we say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm busy. I'm doing this. God's not concerned with what you've busied yourself doing. He's concerned of whether or not you're redeeming the time and doing the duty, doing the purpose for which he left you here. But boy, we can excuse ourselves 
God never excuses us from our duty before God. Notice he says, not slothful, fervent, diligence concerning our duty. And then lastly, diligence concerning our departure tonight. Diligence concerning our departure. I know it's Sunday night, and I know that perhaps, and I say this, I don't know why, sometimes I feel like uh, I, we're babying ourselves a little bit too much. It's not late, sun's out. Most days, we'd have been working a lot longer than this. Are you with me? Most of the day, if we kind of looked at our day, we spent most of the day really sitting today, not doing a whole lot. And those Sundays can be tiring, and really, it's a different kind of draining. It's an emotional draining. Uh, there's a lot of things being around people that, that zaps you. Listen, I get it all. But a lot of times, we can kind of just be, oh, you know, I just got so much. I'm just so tired. I'm just so, so, and I can't, listen, again, for the weather, for the distractions, we're not paying attention to what God uh, tells us. Hey, listen, I think on the day of judgment, we're going to wish we were a little bit more diligent. You ever see somebody, and as a pastor, uh, unfortunately, I get this chance, but also it's a privilege, visiting people who are dying and talking to them. And when they're sober enough, and the sad thing about today is they dope people so much uh, they can't be sober-minded enough about the end, and they can't really think about things that people used to be, used to be as a pastor, used to be able to go and witness to people that were dying, but now uh, the, the, the peace that the doctors want to give them, which is just a physical peace and just put them out of their misery, if you would, doesn't allow them to be in tune enough. You think about the man that hung on the cross next to Jesus. He was dying. I'm not saying that we should just let people be in pain. Don't get me wrong tonight. But I'm saying that sometimes it's, it's a little disheartening and you go and visit someone and they're just out cold and you can't talk to them. And they're in some kind of induced, chemically induced, zombified state. And you can't speak to them about their eternal state and where they're going when they die. And they're at the perfect, opportunity, perfect place where you could talk to them. You say, well, maybe it's too late. Hey, listen, I, I don't believe as long as somebody has breath that it's too late. And sometimes uh, it's sad to me uh, when I get to see people, but when I do see people that are aware enough about what's going on, you know what usually they talk about? I wish I had paid attention more to these things. I wish I was a little bit more diligent. I wish I had done more in this area. I wish I would have done less in this area. Come on, we've all heard this before. I know that you've heard this kind of an illustration before, but it's amazing how we just turn it off. We know that in the end, we'll wish we did more, but yet it doesn't keep us, it doesn't make us do more. And I'm not trying to call you to more busyness as a Christian, to where you're exhausting yourself and burning yourself out, not paying attention to what you're supposed to. That's not the point tonight. I'm not keeping you here till midnight tonight to try to berate you and guilt trip you into doing God's will. If you don't want to do God's will as a Christian, we got bigger problems. I believe we're here tonight and we want to do God's will. I'm here to challenge you and encourage you tonight that God's will is worth being diligent about. That we need to be more diligent about it. As God's church, you know, I, I don't want to say, uh, well, we're, we're maximizing and, and filling our parking lots to capacity and, and, the, and the, uh, the building on Sunday mornings is comfortably full and, and uh, you know, we can kind of just lay back now and not do what it took to get here. You know, sometimes I'm reminded as a pastor uh, that I need to continue to do what it took us to get to where we are. And so do you. We need to do that together. We need to continue to do 
what it took us to get where we are. Hey, listen, relationships are never static. They're either moving in a good direction or they're moving in a bad direction. Relationships are dynamic. Hey, church, tonight, we're either moving in a good direction or moving in a bad direction, but we never tread water and stand still. When we start treading water, we're about to, to drown. We're about to sink. And what is it going to take? Hey, listen, did it take faith to get where you are tonight in your life? Would it be presumptuous to say that it's going to take more faith to move forward? Come on, the higher, if you would, the plateaus. Sometimes more pressure, less oxygen. You know, uh, we, we, we feel it, if you would, the squeeze sometimes. But I'm telling you tonight, I don't want God to sing me a lullaby and put me to sleep. I don't want to be so comfortable in my Christian life and have everything just padded and cushy. Come on, uh, sometimes it's important for us to lift up our eyes and look on the field and understand, hey, a, a good farmer doesn't say we had a good crop this year, the work's done. He says, we had a good crop this year. We need to get ready for the next one. Hey, if the soil is is responsive to the seed, let's throw more seed. You with me? If we're seeing people respond to the message of the gospel, is what we do now lessen our efforts when it comes to the gospel? Or do we say, hey, listen, there's more, there's soil There's good soil. The seed is landing on good soil. I don't know about you, but one of the most encouraging things to me about being in ministry today is that there's so much good soil. You say, I'm not seeing it. I am seeing it. I'm seeing it. I went with my aunt and uncle today, or my wife's aunt and uncle. We we took them out, and and, uh, we went to a, a place for lunch. And we had been to that place a couple times, and now I've got to know the owner and one of the waiters that's there. My daughter asked the waiter to sign her uh, cast there, and, and uh, uh, we were talking to him. He's asking what help. He said, you know what? I just love you guys. And I thought, Kevin, I love you too. And uh, I said, Kevin, when are you going to come out to church? He said, you know what? I got your card on my dresser, and I just keep seeing it. It keeps telling me I need to go. You know what he did today? He said, my dad's doing real bad. He said, he's in a nursing care facility. He's not doing well. He said, I really need your prayer. You know what I thought? He just shared something very personal, very private with me. I thought, there's good soil. There's good soil. Plant the seed. The gospel can change that man's life. The gospel can save him, his father, his family, and revolutionize the direction of his life and everyone else around them. Uh, we were walking out, and the owner of the restaurant uh, leaned over to us, and he said, he, said, he said, I just wanted to tell you, you're a very blessed man. He said, I know that I don't know you well, but he said, I just want to tell you, he said, I'm impressed with your marriage and with your family. I thought, I've just eaten in his restaurant. He didn't know me. He didn't know me. I've tried to reach out and talk to him and, and try to interchange with him, but I thought, there's good soil. There's good soil. I think, boy, that compliment makes me feel real good about myself. I just need to keep being a good person. No, I thought, there's good soil. There's people responding uh, to people who are living out the life of Jesus Christ before their eyes, and they're looking and they're saying, there's something different about those people. 
And I, I guarantee you it's not about our clothing. Because as I looked around, there was a lot of people that were dressed just like we were, that had come from religious services, that had come from church in different places. And I tell you, it wasn't what he was seeing on the outside. It was him seeing Jesus Christ. That's what people need to see. They need to see Jesus in us and our interactions, uh, the way that we care. And boy, I am so imperfect when it comes to showing Christ to people. And I know how flawed that I am. I'm not here to toot my horn tonight. I'm saying, hey, listen, there's good soil. And we've got to, by faith, continue to plant and to water and to sow and to water and, and say, God, give the increase. God, give the increase. You promise you'd give the increase. Are you with me tonight? I, I know sometimes, hey, listen, it just gets so. And sometimes we, we, we look at all the seed that didn't, uh, didn't come up and sprout up out of the ground. But hey, listen, there's people getting saved. There's people's lives being changed. I got to interact with people this week. Hey, we had visitors in our service. There were people I said, hey, listen, let's get together, have coffee this week. Let's go out, to, let's get to know each other more. Because I'm saying, there's good soil. They came, they came, they're back, they're back. What are they saying? Talk to me, connect with me, get to know me. I need help. I'm coming to church because I need this. They're not coming here because they they thought, I just really need to go to church. Most people, when they come to God's house, when they walk into our doors, hey, listen, it's awkward coming into a new place. It's weird going to a church that you're not uh, used to. But when someone walks in and then they come back, we got to pay attention, church. We got to connect with those people because they're saying, please help me. We got to hear that cry. We got to lift our eyes up beyond the weather to see the souls and be diligent about whose God is sending us because the time of our departure is at hand. You believe that tonight? Just uh, celebrate a birthday. Thank you. I really appreciate how kind our church has been to me. But here's the truth. Somebody said, uh, the, most, uh, the most blessing uh, to me, the greatest gift to me, is what God's done in my life personally in the last year. I've learned more as a husband, a father, and a pastor this past year than I have in my, my whole life. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for what God is doing with me, in my own heart, changing me. I need that change. We all need it. Hey, let's pay attention to that. And I'm, I'm, say, I'm saying to, tonight, let's, let's continue to move forward as God's church and say, hey, we need to go farther. And we can't do it alone. We can't do it without God. But we're going to have to be diligent about our duty. We're going to have to be diligent about the fact that Jesus is coming soon. What I really believe, listen, I really believe this. I believe that I am not going to see death. I really believe that tonight. I'm not trying to scare you into whatever. I really believe, hey, listen, I don't have very many years and neither do you because I really believe that Jesus is coming back. I'm not just saying that tonight. Uh, listen, when you, when you open a newspaper and see Israel, 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 Israel every single day, we would be stupid. We would be foolish to think that Jesus is not coming back. The stage is set. The world is ready. And get this, we need our king. We need him. And he's going to come. And he's going to sit on the throne But the sobering thought tonight is everybody who has not received Christ as their Savior is going to stand before him and be cast into the lake of fire. Everybody. Your neighbors, your family, your co-workers. 
It's sobering, isn't it? So, yeah, we can get all excited about all the activities and things that we do. We really need to get busy about doing what God truly blesses in his church when God's people care for the lost. And we love them and we look for them like Jesus does. Because doesn't he seek the lost? I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. Listen, let's stop, let's stop searching and seeking. And listen, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so grateful and so thankful for people who've come to our church that are already saved because what I look at is, is God's answering prayers. He's sending laborers into his harvest. But you know what? I'm not looking to add more Christians to the church. I'm looking to add more lost people. Because when a lost person gets added to the church, you know what that means? They get added to the family of God. I'm not talking about on the church rolls. I'm talking about when they receive Christ as their Savior. That's what it's all about. John Wesley said this, the church's sole duty is to save souls. And that is it. Wow. What a statement from a Methodist. If the Methodists would have kept looking the way he did, they'd probably still be alive today. Hey, listen, if the Baptists don't keep paying attention to that, we'll be dead too. And you can put us down with the rest of the Protestant movement and denominations who stopped seeking out and desiring to see souls saved. Because when we don't do that duty, we die. And there's no more reason to build, to battle, or to be. God's called us for that purpose tonight. Let's be discerning. Let's be diligent. If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.